Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. One major component of the art world that suffered significantly from the pandemic, and even as the economy recovered is now thriving, is the museum space. Museums were closed for extended periods throughout the pandemic, and as a result, these spaces that are so often visited by locals and tourists remained empty. So when we saw that the art newspaper came out with their annual visitor figures research and survey, we wanted to chat with them to learn more about their findings and really to discover to what extent museums have rebounded since the beginning of the pandemic. So in this week's episode of the podcast, we're joined by Jose Da Silva, exhibitions editor of the art newspaper. Jose chats with us about several of the key findings from their survey. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Jose, thanks so much for chatting with us. Uh, thank you for inviting me, Adam. Of course. Thanks so much again for coming on. So I think before we get into even some of the details of your findings, tell us a little bit about this annual survey you do. How long have you been doing it? How many museums are participating? And what exactly are you speaking to them about? Sure. Um, we It's probably one of the biggest projects that we do at the art newspaper. Um, we have researchers come in and, and we contact around kind of varies from year to year, but usually from between 500 and 700 museums around the world. So in the initial context, it's just we're emailing these museums and asking for their visitor figures. Um, and then as things kind of progress, as we get answers back, we start chasing certain museums. Some museums are harder to get figures from than others. Obviously, we're, we're based in, we have offices in London and New York. So we have, so that kind of area is covered quite well. Uh, museums further afield sometimes there are kind of language barriers or other things so it takes a takes a while and our researchers kind of have to be quite dogged in terms of getting um, the figures all the figures we have are from uh, self-reported so the museums give, give us the, the figures um, we're able to kind of some if anything kind of we're, we have enough experience now that we're able to gauge when there are kind of unusual things so if there's any unusual figures we go back to museums and double check things and, and we can but everything's self-reported, so we have to kind of, there is a certain amount of, of, of reliance on, on museums reporting accurate figures um, to us. Um, the, we've been doing the project since, since 1997, we started collecting uh, exhibition figures, so the kind of major exhibitions around the world. And then since 2007, we, we've been collecting um, the kind of total figures for museum attendance for, for the calendar year. So from 1st of January until the 31st of December for each year. And since then, we've kind of been able to to gauge, to kind of gauge the kind of worldwide kind of attendance, and obviously uh, with the pandemic, there was the kind of this drastic fall in attendance, which which I guess there was a drastic fall in attendance to maybe everything in the world apart from uh, online events. Um, so yes, that's the kind of the kind of scope of the project. Yeah, and you brought up the pandemic, and that's really one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on, to get a better understanding of how museums have responded to the pandemic and to what extent they're recovering. I think 2020 was a tough year for them, but this past year, 2021, museums started to reopen. We saw a lot of visitors compared to previous years, I assume. Tell me, what were visitor numbers like in 2021, and did we see significant variances in different parts of the world? Um, in terms of the overall figures, I think the figures in 2021 were better than 2020. So if we're looking at the kind of 
So we, if we take the top 100 museums in the world, um, the kind of visitor numbers were up by around a third um, from 2021 compared to 2020. Um, but that's still uh, way lower than pre-pandemic, so in 2019, so still down by about 70%. So in terms of like maybe the raw figures um, in, in 2019, so before the pandemic, there were around 230 million visitors to the top 100 museums in the world. Um, whereas um, in 2020, that went down to 54 million. Um, and in 2021, it kind of bounced back up to 71 million. So even though things have kind of um, started to get better in 2021, um, they're still way down on, on, previous, on previous figures. Um, and in terms of uh, regions of the world, um, I mean, as a global pandemic, everywhere essentially was affected. Um, last year in particular, when we were, when we were doing the, the projects last year and looking at 2020 numbers, we spoke to museums in, for example, in places like New Zealand, who were less affected um, by the pandemic, but they were still, they started to close down, even though they had few, um, you know, far fewer cases than a lot of countries around the world, they still had very kind of strict lockdowns. Um, and the main kind of um, thing that affects the visitor numbers is there is, is, is closing down really, um, which just sounds really obvious, but, um, you know, a country, so for example, one of the kind of surprises perhaps this year was how well, um, or, should I say, in 2021 was how well um, Russian museums did in terms of the number of them in our top in our top 10. Um, there were four Russian museums in our top 10 most visited museums in the world. And the kind of main reason for this was they were just simply closed for fewer days than most other major, major countries um, that we usually expect to see in the top, top 10, top 20. Um, and one of their museums, the... Um, uh, in Moscow, the Multimedia Art Museum, their figures were pretty much, um, in 2021, they were pretty much back to normal. Um, one of the big reasons for that was obviously they were open more days. I think they were only closed for a couple of weeks due to the pandemic. But the other kind of reason that one of their spokesmen, spokespeople um, told us was that they're a museum that has a lot of young people. So they're, I think, around over 90% of their visitors are aged under 35. Um, and obviously young people have, have been less affected by this pandemic in terms of it's kind of, um, obviously they've been affected by it, but it's less lethal. So, and young people tend to go out more. So I think that's one of the reasons why um, a museum such as the Multimedia Art Museum in Moscow did so well. Um, another thing with museums in Russia, the other museum that did very well um, was the uh, State Russian Museum, which is mostly uh, Russian historic art um, in St. Petersburg. And um, these museums are less reliant on, uh, on tourism than say, um, take Modern in London or, or like uh, MoMA in New York. Um, so that was one of the kind of surprises from the survey this year for us anyway. Um, one big caveat maybe I should point out was that um, Usually, so the, the, the most visited museum uh, last year was um, the Louvre in Paris, um, which is almost always the case since we've started doing this um, survey. Uh, we've been doing the survey since, um, with total museum numbers since um, 2007. Um, but usually in second place, there's usually one of the Chinese state museums, but um, this year they were unable to give us the kind of major state museums in China would not give us their figures, which they said they're going to release later in the year. So that's a kind of a big caveat in terms of um, the kind of top 10 most visited museums. But other than that, we've got most, most of the kind of major museums around the world that we, that we were hoping to get. 
You said we saw a significant uptick in attendance in 2020 compared to the previous year, which is what we would hope to see considering the extensive closures in 2020. But still, how challenging is the environment now for museums? Are, are most back to normal or would you say they're still operating far below capacity? I think um, from the, the kind of the, the data we got back from museums um, in, 2020, in 2021, um, I think most museums, very, very few museums are back to normal. So there's maybe only a handful of museums that are back to pre-pandemic levels. Um, museums are starting to, to, to get there. For example, I knew, um, recently here in London, the Victorian Albert Museum went back to opening seven days a week. They've been operating on the five, five days a week. Um, so things like this will kind of help bring people back. But um, a lot of museums um, began, um, and, and this has continued here with the major museums in London, um, you know, Tate Modern, Tate Britain, National Gallery, British Museum, where you have to book ahead or, or book on the day to, to visit just the general collection, whereas before you could just walk in without having to book anything. I think that's kind of been putting people off as well. Um, in the US, most, most of the kind of major New York museums were still, still way down in terms of visitor numbers. There's a few museums further afield, like in, um, uh, the, in Kansas City, for example, um, the Nelson Atkins Museum, they were kind of getting back to pre-pandemic numbers. Uh, my colleague Lee Cheshire wrote a piece which is on our website at the moment about the kind of museums in the US that bounced back and they tend to be museums that weren't in the kind of big tourist um, spots. So um, the other one was uh, the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts in Richmond. They were back to around over 80% of their pre-pandemic numbers. And they, I think the key for that museum was they just tried to go straight back to, to, to acting as normal. So they didn't restrict opening hours like many museums did or scale back um they were they were you know they were kind of they have they also have free general entry there as well which always helps um but they i think the director was very keen to get things back to normal as much as you can um i think the other thing that kind of came across was that the museums that did have um that started rebounding also had to kind of you have to make sure you the museum is is safe but also feels safe to visitors so I mean, some may call this kind of, um, what's it called, that hygiene theatre. So you have lots of like hand sanitizers everywhere and you have social distancing. And I think if people feel safe in the museum space, and museums tend to be much safer spaces um, than, say, restaurants or bars where you're very tightly, tightly packed together and in close quarters and you have low ceilings and not much kind of um, ventilation. So I think museums generally should be equipped apart from you know your kind of crazy blockbuster shows they should they're generally well equipped for um for functioning in in these kind of times but um yeah as i say most almost all museums were still down i think it's also that kind of thing of people re re kind of regaining their old habits like you know i think for, for example here in london people are starting to kind of go out again and, and things seem to be back to normal, but, but there's still a kind of hesitation with many people, especially older people who are more vulnerable who, who, who may attend museums as well. And so from the survey and all the research that you've done, there are a lot of great articles in the art newspaper that recap and highlight some really interesting trends. One that I thought was very fascinating is when we think about the art world and social media, 
we usually think about Instagram and its incredible influence in terms of discovering artists and seeing images of artworks. But apparently TikTok may be the most important for museums, which is interesting because TikTok is really not utilized by many established collectors or galleries, as far as I'm aware. How are some museums actually utilizing TikTok to attract visitors, and is it successful? Um, the, the, TikTok, the TikTok article um, by my colleague Amy Dawson is, is interesting because you, TikTok is probably the kind of the, the most, the quickest growing one of, the, one of the most visited sites in the world at the moment. And I think um, in previous years, we've kind of, we've, when TikTok first started emerging, we expected museums to really kind of adopt it and really, and, and, and museums always kind of, they're always looking for the next generation of visitors and trying to, to encourage younger visitors. And we kind of expected um, a lot of museums to, to really jump on it like, like they did for Instagram. And I think Instagram a couple of years ago overtook the other social media companies as the kind of most um, uh, most most used by, by museums or the kind of the, the social media that had the most followers in our kind of top 100 museums. Um, sorry, maybe I should reword that. For the top 100 museums in our survey, the the social media platform with the most followers was Instagram. And that, that happened a couple of years ago when it overtook um, Twitter. And we expected TikTok to kind of, to grow as well, like, like you know, really, really grow um, its kind of usership for museums. But um, what we found with the, with the top 100 museums um, last year was that, say, there was over 55 million, these museums had over 55 million followers on Instagram, uh, 47 million on Twitter, but only 1.3 million on TikTok, which is kind of um, surprising for a, a social media platform that seems to have really taken off recently. So most museums were, were kind of, let's say, not doing very well with TikTok, um, but there's a few kind of notable exceptions to that. Um, the Prado in Madrid, which has, I think, more than 360,000 um, followers on TikTok, they did really well and they kind of really just embraced its um, the informality of the medium with doing, doing kind of behind the scenes videos and, and and I think even their director did the kind of very early on in the pandemic was very kind of embraced it was kind of did a kind of run through of the of the museum during, uh, while it was shut so um, there are some a few museums that are kind of really embracing it but the majority have been very slow in taking it up I'm, I'm not exactly sure why that is but I, I guess sometimes these kind of new these new things take time especially in big museums with with very kind of um like perhaps more bureaucratic um systems in place um it takes time for people to to adopt them and what were a few of the other strategies that museums employed to try to bring visitors back into museums and did some of these work better than others um i think museums i guess you have to play to your strength so um i mentioned the nelson atkins museum earlier and they have a sculpture park so they started putting on more outdoor activities um it's, it's a kind of tricky thing so museums want to get people back in but then they're also um reluctant to kind of squish people back as as they did previously where you kind of squash people into a, a blockbuster exhibition and it gets you know it gets you great numbers and and makes loads of money at in, in a ticket office so that, I think museums have to play a kind of fine line between trying to get people back, but also not cramming them in or, or having, say, um, a blockbuster show where everyone comes all at once. Um, so I think the yeah, playing to their strengths, making sure that people, as I mentioned, that people feel safe, um, you know, um, 
I think that was a key thing. I think people feeling safe when they go to a museum and feeling kind of that it's open back to business, but I'm still not at risk, I think was very important. As I say, pushing kind of outdoor activities, the, the museums that had outdoor spaces were, were, were able to capitalize on this and really kind of um, bring back visitors because, you know, obviously you're much safer outdoors. Unfortunately, not many museums have vast outdoor sculpture parks, but those that do, I'm sure they took advantage of it. That's what it sounds like. And so finally, I wanted to ask, are there any other interesting or surprising revelations you discovered from all the research and data you have that maybe you didn't expect to see? Um, I guess the, 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 the Russian Museum doing really well was kind of surprising, but then obviously when we kind of realized that they were, they were shut fewer days, um, there's a few London museums that did well, not badly, but were kind of, for example, the National Gallery in, in, in central London, on Trafalgar Square, which is, you know, as central London as you can get. And they were, they were down um, 88% compared to 2019, but they're also down in 2021, they're down by 41% compared to 2020, um, which is kind of surprising. And um, we, are, we kind of reached out to them to find out why this was, and they kind of, they attributed it to a, a lack of kind of major exhibitions in 2021 and also kind of an absence of tourism. But I think also the National Gallery, because it's so central and it had a lot of kind of passing, shall we say, passing trade. You, you, you know, many, I would sometimes just walk in there to go and see one gallery and walk out because it was free. And I think that booking system that I mentioned earlier um, has really been putting people off. It's such a kind of even if you can, even though you can go there and, and book a ticket on the day, it just seems book a time slot on the day. It hasn't got that kind of same freedom we, that we've got used to here in London, where you can just wander in, look at a few things, and wander out. So that was kind of one of the the surprising drops, I think, in in terms of uh, visitor numbers for such a kind of um, such a, a great museum and a very usually a very popular museum. It usually does extremely well in in, that, in our kind of in our list of of um, now top kind of top ten list. I guess the other the other kind of big big drop was the um, so maybe I should explain that the last two years we haven't collected data on individual exhibitions which we used to do previously, but it became um, way too complex when museums started opening during the first um, year of the pandemic when museums would open for two days then close then open up again, and we used to calculate the attendance by visitors per day, so it became just way too complex and would have taken us maybe a year to to figure out a year's worth of data um but a couple of the museums that used to do really well in brazil um the ccbb museums um which are kind of uh, uh sent the sorry what are they called the centro cultural banco de brazil uh, museums which have four outposts across brazil in sao paulo in rio in rio in um in uh Brasilia and in Belo Horizonte, they used to kind of always do really, really well in terms of blockbuster shows like Salvador Dali or Yayo Kusama. And their numbers were kind of completely decimated by not having these kind of blockbuster shows. Um, so they were down like, you know, um, over all of them were down by over 75% because um, they were completely reliant on these, these kind of tra often traveling shows. Um, and also, obviously, Brazil was also extremely badly affected by the pandemic. Um, so that was kind of a surprise, just how far they'd fallen. Those kind of four museums that used to be, they used to do really well and often feature highly in our in our survey. Um, so the kind of the we expected most museums to 
to obviously then was to fall, but there was a few kind of like those one, those three, those four in Brazil that kind of stood out in, in how far they'd how far they'd fallen really. Jose, thank you so much again for coming onto the podcast and sharing some of your really interesting insights from your art visitor survey that you do each year at the art newspaper. If our listeners want to read all the articles, dissecting all the data, what's the website? Sure. Uh, thank you, Adam. Uh, yeah, it's just theartnewspaper.com and you'll find um, the visitor figures um, kind of all the kind of visitor figures um, data and also uh, articles on our, on our homepage. So you just theartnewspaper.com, everything should be there. Perfect. Thanks so much again. Appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Bye-bye.